Are you listening to this episode on Himalaya? If you are, congratulations, because you're already using the best new podcast app out there. If you're not, you're missing out. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya is designed with you in mind and has tons of cool features like curated, shareable playlists and collections made just for you, along with personalized recommendations to help with content discovery. And the best part is, it's super easy to use. It's definitely my favorite listening app, and I'm sure it'll be yours too. So do yourself a favor, download Himalaya today, and be sure to follow Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries once you're there. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 191 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for... What the fuck day is this? Um, Friday. The third. The first. The Friday. The day. <laughs> the third. The third. Third, third, third. Third is the word. Um, Yeah, July 3rd of uh, 2020, a year that will live in infamy. This has been one shitty year. We host a podcast talking about the show Unsolved Mysteries. There are new, new episodes. Oh, my God. What a time, time, time to be alive, live, live. You and yours versus me and mine. Anyway, whatever. Um, Yeah, no, it's crazy. New episodes. And we're going to get into all that. But uh, for this podcast, if you're new listening, at the top of the podcast, me and Mike talk about our personal lives a little bit. How are you doing? Yes, that. My wonderful co-host. Yeah, that, 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 that's what we do. He says something like, usually I ask him how he's doing, but he's asking me how I'm doing because I'm not doing well, um, or I, I haven't been for the past, uh, what, think six, this is day six now, um, haven't gotten tested yet, but I am pretty goddamn sure I've got good old coronavirus, yep, that's right, I've, I've got it, do you want it? You can come over. I'll, no. I'll lick you in the face. No, man. I I definitely don't don't want any of that. Well, yeah. So anyway, I don't know where I got it. I don't know how I got it. I was pretty lackadaisical about the whole thing. Honestly, I was like, ah, I'm probably not going to get this shit. It's fine. Whatever. And even if I did get it, I didn't think it was going to be the end of the world. <laughs> So you were like that meme with the dog in the fire, where you're just like with a cup of coffee, and you're just like, it's fine. I mean, or <laughs> my whole, my whole thing was like, if I get it, then it's gonna suck for a while, and then I'll build up antibodies and fuck, you know, whatever. I heard something though that the antibodies only last like, uh, what is it, like a a few months or something? Yeah, or, or less I mean, than that? it's just nothing but bad news nowadays. I mean, you, anytime you go on the internet for anything, everything's hopeless. Everything's hopeless. Everyone should just kill themselves. There's no reason to live. There's no reason to. I would speaking of that. I, I it would be uh, kind of. Uh, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but. <laughs> It might be potentially eye-opening to see what the suicide rate is right now. Oh, like, I'm is sure it, it's it sky-fucking-rocketed. I mean, Jesus Christ, we had this huge show that we had planned Saturday that we had promoted for the longest time for my band, Dancing with Ghosts, and um, it got canceled like the day before it was supposed to happen because of the uh, cases getting so high in uh, in Florida. Uh-huh. And um, so, you know, we decided to do this live stream at my house and had some people over and all that. And um, 
I didn't know, I wasn't showing any symptoms at that point. And then Sunday I woke up and I had a sore throat. And then Monday was when the train of shit really hit me full force. And uh, I had, I like went down the list, every single symptom of coronavirus I had. Fever, body aches, feeling weak, not feeling, just feeling drained. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, think fuck, I did not and still have not had the uh, difficulty breathing. That is the... Yeah. Have you talked to talk to your bandmates and everything? Like, are, are they fine? Or uh, Yeah, she's not doing too well either. <laughs> oh, no. I think she... We, uh, and by the way, we've tried to get tested, but in Jacksonville right now, we are the top city in the country that has had the quickest uh, outbreak. Like, I think we're becoming a hot spot. Uh, yeah. Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. So that's that's pretty bad that you're in a hot spot. Like over here, there are cases in Clark County, but you can actually look up the zip codes, and yeah. the, and over where I am at, there really is not that there really aren't that many cases over here. So I think part of it is because we're we're we are uh, spread out quite a bit, even in my neighborhood, right? And uh, a lot of us are you know taking precautions and whatever. Um, I just have, you know, the fucking runny nose thing that comes with fucking allergies. Yeah, but, I, I had that for the longest time and I thought yeah. I thought that that was a, <laughs> I thought I thought that that was a prelude to it and then it wasn't cuz then I, you know, I got tested a few weeks ago and I I, yeah. t- I tested negative. But fucking allergies. There is no mistaking uh how I felt the last few days. Um, yeah, it definitely sounds like uh it it's checking off all of the boxes yeah. for And then when I Tuesday 19. when I completely lost my sense of taste and smell, that's when it pretty, There you go. Pretty much se- that's it. sealed the deal of yeah. uh okay, well and this isn't like because like what I, was that like? Because that that had to be like really fucking weird. Uh, what right? was you're saying was and disturbing? As, you're saying it. Oh, I mean, as in it, oh, it as, is. It's past tense. Oh, okay, so it it's, is. It's still it is. What is it like? <laughs> yeah, it's still happening right now. I fucking hate it. Uh, it sucks. It, it well, sometimes it doesn't suck. Like when I go and take a shit, like I don't smell anything. So I mean, <laughs> like that's like one silver lining. Like I'm in the bathroom. So I, had I don't even really turn bad stinky shits beforehand. I mean, I who who doesn't have a stinky shit every now and then? I, I know, but but like, like all the time. Like yeah, I mean maybe I don't know. I don't I don't I don't keep like a goddamn tick mark on my uh, wall like I've been in jail. Like just, I mark be, just like what kind of aroma? You know how strong is the aroma? These little you know, these, uh, like these little, like like did my shit stink today? You know I do a little tick mark on the wall. <laughs> No, I don't. Then do you could really know whether or not your shit stinks. Anyway, this is disgusting. But um, no, I'm sitting in there and I'm like, <laughs> I don't even need to turn the fan on because I'm like not bothered at all. Like I'm just yeah. chilling in there. But you know, uh-huh. that's the only silver lining to it. Uh, I started a fire yesterday in my backyard to burn some old brush, and I didn't smell smoke at all. I mean, that could be a good or bad thing. Mm, um, yeah, that could be. However, I fucking love food. I love eating. I love drinking yeah. my coke. Your turkey sandwiches oh, probably man. aren't not nearly as, good. as savory. Um, I can't. I can't taste anything. I mean, all I can taste is like like salty, a little Sugary? bit, of, a little bit of sweet, like your basic taste sensations. Bitter. Okay. You know. Uh, but as far as like any like diverse. Like, uh-huh. oh, the richness of the chocolate or, you know, you don't taste any of that. All you taste is, is something sweet, is something spicy, is something sour. That's all you can, ta- you, you don't get anything 
above that. So do you just you know eat warheads and and drink hot sauce? <laughs> yeah, because you know, just to feel, man. I'm just trying to feel. Just want to feel again, man. Put some war. Put some hot sauce on warhead on a warhead. Just <laughs> dumping salt on my tongue. I just want to feel something. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's um, it's a flu, man. I mean, like you know, uh, just my experience with it. For anyone who's curious, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, when you're a kid, you're sick all the time because you don't have any antibodies built up to anything because you're like a new person. So when you're a kid, like, you know, you you get sick a lot with the flu and it's fucking miserable as a kid. You have a fever, you're achy, you're throwing up, all that kind of shit. As an adult, you don't really get sick all that much unless you're immunocompromised, of course. But like your average adult doesn't really get sick that much because we've built up so many immunities to things. Well, over, also over the you years. have the vaccine, you know, oh, there or, are you, or you have a vaccine available. or whatever. So the coronavirus basically feels like a brand spanking new flu that you haven't had yet. So you just go through the most intense flu symptoms that you would uh, like when you were a kid. It it literally reminded me of being a kid in a bad way, like not in a good way. Like it's like, oh, yeah, Yeah. I remember laying in bed for days on end, not being able to do anything. Oh, yeah, this sucked. I, I remember not wanting to experience this again. But here we are. But at no point was I like. Oh my God, I have coronavirus. I'm going to die. It was like, I'm going to make it through this. I'm going to be yeah. s- stronger because of it. And I'm going to be, uh, you know, more, I guess I'll take it more seriously. Yeah, I, I you know, I'm glad you're okay. You know, it, it's, uh, it's one of those things that you don't know. Like, it's kind of an unknown, like what's going to happen if you get it. Because it's affecting people differently. Um, like there, there, there are people who are around your age who have, have, you know, who really didn't have any like history of any serious medical issues, got it. And it was just fucking devastating. So I'm one, I'm wondering if the version, the strain that you're getting is, is a strain that's less, uh, uh, potent, which is a possibility because it's passed, uh, by through multiple different, uh, human bodies at this particular point right and there's through and through different strains well from what i've read uh mo even even in wuhan when it first ca- uh broke out um uh, most of the cases were considered mild um mm-hmm. percentage wise and um pretty much by like day five or six was like would be the indicator of what whether you had a whether you yeah. had it bad or whether you had it mild. Uh-huh. Day five was around the time that the respiratory shit would start to kick in. And that hasn't, yeah. that hasn't happened with me, thank God. Because uh-huh. like that was the scariest symptom when I was yeah. hearing about was like the difficulty breathing. I'm like, difficulty breathing? That would be, uh-huh. you know, I've suffered panic attacks my entire life. Hyperventilation is something I'm very... Yeah, uh, used to, and that is and, not. And a fun I'd be worried sensation. about. I'd be worried about more panic attacks. Yeah, yeah. And in that particular, you know, state, that would be the worst possible. Yeah, it thing would to make you. It would make you panic. When you're, like, if to hyperventilate when you're having breathing problems. Yeah, yeah, that would not be good. That would not. <laughs> that was. That's what I was afraid of because I was like, if I'm our, if I'm legitimately having trouble breathing, I'm gonna start panicking and I'm gonna hyperventilate and then I'm just gonna die. Uh huh. But th- <laughs> yeah. thankfully, thankfully that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
You know, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I guess I was on the side of things to where I, I, I'm young. I don't have to worry about it. Da 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 da. That's not what I was going to say, Mike. If you would let me finish my sentence. But I mean, you know. You, there you are, go. Are you done? Are you done? Are you sure you don't want to? I was done. You sure you don't I was add done. Anything else? All right. I was. I just... <laughs> no, what I was gonna say was that I, I wasn't. I, I don't know, man. I guess I was. I was in denial. Like I wasn't. I wasn't like. I was like washing my hands, and I was. You know, if mm-hmm. if if I felt any symptoms, I was gonna stay inside. But like, I wasn't. I wasn't wearing the mask. You know, yeah. I w- I was. Call me an asshole if you want to. I was just trying to like live my life in in denial as mm. if like this wasn't like a reality. And then, you know, when I catch it, now it becomes dude, like my whole life I've been school of hard knocks. I never listen to what people yeah. say. I I don't heed advice. I'm like, ah, I'll be fine. Oh, I can drink and drive and I won't get pulled over for a DUI. You know, it takes until it happens yeah. to me and I see that it's real. That's when I become that's when I start taking it seriously. And yeah. That's- well, to be fair, like I didn't really start wearing masks <laughs> until I went back to work because it's mandatory at work. Like I have to wear a mask like all the time, except for when we're like closing and, the, and it's only like four four of us in the store or something. Um, But um. It's just one of those things, and also, it's like, uh, I think you can get fined if you're not wearing a mask here in Washington, if you're in a public place. But what constitutes as a public place? Like, if I'm walking outside, does that mean that it's a public place when I'm walking on the sidewalk? Because I see plenty of people not wearing masks in that instance. I mean, I I, I understand. I think it's a common sense thing. I mean, if you're around a lot of people, wear a mask, I guess, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, that's become a politicized issue because then you got people who are like, this is Nazi Germany, man. We're all, you're all programming us and telling us what to do. What's worse is the kind of like, oh, you can't force us to take a test. That's medical tyranny. If you're employed by somebody, how is it, how is it any different when it, than doing any other drug test before you get employed? Like, how is this any different? Yeah, the whole American spirit of like, let's rebel against authority, let's leave England and start our own country. Like the 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 thing that made us great is also the thing that's like going to like do us in. I feel like because like oh, that no. that same American spirit of like, I'm not gonna do what the authority tells me to because I'm an American. You know, I'm gonna I personal freedom and liberty in this particular instance. Uh, that might not be a good thing because this is like a very real problem. The thing is, though, is like, I mean, I don't know. Like to me, is it the end of the world if you catch the coronavirus? I mean, it it, depends on, you know, it depends uh, if you're if you're vulnerable. And and I understand the whole like, you know, you're wearing a mask elderly. You know, you're wearing a mask to protect other people. It's not about you. It's about other people. I, I get all that, but I mean, it's like, I don't know. Like, aren't don't we become stronger as like a, a nation if like people get it and then recover and then it? I don't becomes know. Not a I, big deal. I, I, I look. I, I do some more research on that. You know, before Mike, we don't do I, I we don't at, do research on this. Podcast. I actually, we, I actually we heard something. We make. I actually looked statements. up a. Li- <laughs> I looked up a little bit of some information about it. The herd immunity is what you're talking about. 
I guess. Well, because our population is so large, it would take us three years at least to get herd immunity. If that's even possible. We can't afford to, get to have this be around for three years. We need a vaccine. Dude, that's it, what we need. Uh, yeah. I mean, More at this point, anything. though, like, it's going to be at least another year until things go back to normal. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, if it ever does, I mean, because there's a lot of things that are going to be changed uh, forever. I think one of them is definitely movie theaters. I think that's going to that's the I I don't think it's really going to be the same going forward. I think uh, there's going to be a lot of theaters that are going to go under. There's going to be more uh, serious, even more corporate, like Disney will probably like buy a shit ton of theaters or whatever, and they'll be rebranded as Disney theaters or some shit. Um, I think there'll be more digital stuff, uh, early streaming options. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen, you know, when it comes to uh, the film industry. Yeah, as far as the music world goes, uh, me and that uh, too, me and Stephanie have decided that we're we're just gonna take the rest of the year off and work on a new album and just say fuck it. We're just gonna we're just gonna come out with a new album worth of material. Yeah, and just push the hell out of it either December or early January. Uh Like that's that's all you. I mean, I'm I'm literally I I'm sick and fucking tired of uh, booking a show. Booking it like when we booked the show that we thought was going to happen June seventeenth, we booked that in like late May, I want to say, and, uh-huh. and and we thought surely by by June seventeenth everything will be on the up and up, and then there was a fucking resurgence or reemergence or whatever, uh-huh. and I don't care. I don't care what side uh, you are on when it comes to this as far as, oh, well, there's just more testing being done now. Dude, yeah, there's more testing being done, but you don't go from like 3,000 cases in one day to 9,000 new cases in, an, in the next day. Oh, well, yeah. W- and that's just a bunch of more, you know, testing being done. It's like, I mean, part no, there's of it, a problem going on in well, Florida yeah. right now. And part of it is is more testing but the other part of it is there's just more people being exposed right now because a lot of people were locked down and were just not really going out but when things reopened you had more people who were going out and at the same time were in close contact and and uh vicinity with one another and so, you know I get it dude like I am a social creature like I am I was one of those people that like flocked to the bar as soon as it opened back up because like Did you go to the beach? No I didn't. There's a- I honestly I didn't go to the beach even when before corona like I I live yeah. I that's the funny thing about like a lot of people who live in Florida like it's it's like the typical thing of like you you live in New York City so oh of course you hit Broadway all the time right nope never been to a single Broadway show it's like the same thing with Florida uh-huh. it's like I live in Jacksonville right by the beach I never go to the beach but I'm not a beach I'm not a beach guy I I don't really like the beach I think the only time I'd really like the beach is if I had my little private section of beach yeah. where no one else could because the beach yeah. in Florida is fucking packed all, well before coronavirus. It was packed. There were just well, it was packed after you know once once things reopened. Yeah, you know, people were going true. flocking to the beach. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I get it though, man. It's like I get why every, it's like all these like all these sticklers who are like super 
like parental and how they talk to people online who are like, you know, well, the you get what you deserve, young people going out to the bars. How dare you? It's like, look, grandma, I get it that you are uber safe and you are just you know what's best and everyone else is stupid. I get that. But can you remember how it was being 20 years old again and yeah. wanting to fucking live your I, life? I, and, and look, I get there on on that side, it, there's stupidity as well because you have to take safety into account. But just, you know, think with emotions for once instead of always being so damn logical. Like, I know it, you shouldn't think with I your think emotions. I think with that but, kind of... But yeah, just I think be emotion, that, uh, be empathetic to the there fact you go. That, that people... You know, out there, you know, like so, like someone like me yeah. or other people out there with mental uh-huh. illness, you know, uh, and this is going to sound silly, but bear with me. I know a lot of people who cannot be by themselves without losing it mentally. Like they have to be out oh, around yeah, they're, people. They're extroverts. Yeah, like they, like they will become fucking depressed, like suicidally depressed if they have yeah. to be by themselves for an extended it's about empathy, time. like you said. Like I think that's the best way to put it. It's about being emp- having showing empathy for for the other side. Yeah. It's difficult to do because uh, in that kind of instance, in that kind of back and forth, you're being emotional. You're not being empathetic. You're not. You're not showing. And what's ironic about that is that you're not showing empathy, but you're still running uh, by emotion. I ha- it's kind of crazy when it, when that happens on social media where you're you're not really being empathetic or or sympathetic towards other people's plights and, but at the same time you're running on emotion. Yeah. Yeah, but then when, you know, <laughs> that that then when, you know, June 27th hits and we hit a record 9,585 new cases in one day, then all that shit kind of goes out the window and it's like, okay, we just need to shut everything down. Exactly. The stupid thing is, though, they didn't shut everything down. They just literally shut down bars and everything else is allowed to stay open. I I think the other thing, too, with that is there are people who are just not following the right protocols and, you know, that's it's difficult to enforce those kind of things. Because it's really one of those things where you're just relying on people to do it themselves. Like, it, you know, and that's the only way you can do it. You can't have some legal, you can make a legal mandate, but you can't, you can't have like a Gestapo going around, like checking to make sure everybody is following, you know, the six feet and wearing a mask. Like that's, that's not going to help us. It might actually help, you know, stop the case, you know, the number of cases from rising, but that's a violation of fucking rights, and 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 uh, that's that's a whole another problem altogether. Um, yeah, this whole thi- this whole thing is just a fucking mess. It, it, re- it, really, it, it is. really is. I mean, you know, like again, if the Mayans had predicted twenty twenty was the year that the world was going to end, I'd fucking give credence to that. Not twenty twelve. <laughs> yeah, twenty twelve was a joke. Twenty twelve was a fucking walk in the park. 2020 is is like this is this is going to be well, a lost year. You gotta, well, you got to keep in mind that we were due for a pandemic like this for years. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we're dealing with it. It sucks, but it also makes it less likely that we're going to have a you know another pandemic. Uh, you know, uh, because they don't tend to operate like that historically 
Yeah, and it blows my mind, too, that, like, all the um, intelligent people and scientists and all that out there, it blows my mind that it's, like, you know, uh, taken this long to kind of come out with some kind of solution for this problem. Because usually, with all the technology and all the everything well, these days, you know, the resiliency... Uh, viruses are different. They're a different animal. They're a different beast than, you know, other kind of technological uh, things. Yeah, but, I mean, like, with the scientists, and, and, and I am, like, mm-hmm. really treading in thin water here with my, <laughs> with my fucking lack of knowledge with anything I'm about to say, but I just feel like with all the science and everything, all the stuff uh-huh. we know about everything... Science! Science! <laughs> it's just surprising to me that, like... And all the money, you know, all the price gouging that could potentially be had, like, Uh this really is a bad uh, thing because um, if if, um, rich people would have taken advantage of this by now if they could have. Well, yeah. And the fact that it hasn't happened yet, really, that's how you really know that this is some some bad shit. Well, I, I don't know about that because vaccines technically take a year or two on average to really uh, uh really come to fruition. So uh we're well within that time frame right now. Um and there there are some there are some uh potential vaccines that they're working on. They've made some progress and in some ways actually have made progress in ways that are faster than than in other uh time periods because of the extra money and the the push, you know, by the government and whatever. But it's still one of those things where, you know, you can't really force a vaccine into existence. Uh, You just, you have to figure it out. You have to figure it. It's like a puzzle. It really is the best way to to describe a vaccine. It's like a puzzle. It's it's finding the the right solution. It's finding the right pieces in order to put them together or in the case of a virus, take it apart. And uh, that takes time. And that takes a lot of effort. And you also have to wait to find that certain thread or that certain, you know, thing. It doesn't happen, like, as fast as it does in fucking Outbreak, the movie with Dustin Hoffman. Oh, God, of course you have to drop a movie reference. But at the same time, in Outbreak, they already had, like, some proto-vaccine for some earlier version of the virus. So that was why they could conceivably get a vaccine together faster than we have right now because there is no other earlier version of a vaccine for this particular kind of mike virus mike will jesus make a vaccine (laughs) no (laughs) oh he won't what if i pray really hard and promise not to eat any cookies will that make jesus make a vaccine faster nope Oh my god! Ah, ah. Can you imagine just... (laughs) You made my son cry, you piece of shit. You were supposed to tell him... You're garbage. (laughs) Garbage. I was trying to do my Keemstar version of how he says garbage. Oh, oh, Keemstar. Garbage. It's garbage. (laughs) You're you're a piece of garbage. (laughs) Yeah. 
So anyway, let's move on from that because I'm tired of talking about it. I have coronavirus. Uh, it's, I think it's on the upswing. I think I'm going to be good to go in the next few days. You're not going to do a corona. I have a coronavirus song, are you? Oh, Jesus Christ. No. <laughs> and I won't be doing a goddamn quarantine themed fucking music video either. <laughs> I will say, you though, know, there's some people who would fucking do that. I will. They would get corona and then. I just went to smell my boxers to see if the ass stunk, <laughs> if I need to wash my boxers or not. And I'm like, what am I doing? I can't tell one way or the other. I could be walking around with some stank ass boxers and not even know it. So now you, you, you don't know whether your breath stinks or not. Nope. I, I, I smelled my armpits You've earlier. You've been talking about all that, you know, the whole time, you know, how people wearing masks, you know, that helps them realize whether their breath stinks or not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When you, when, you don't even know. When you, get, when you get legit coronavirus, none of that matters anymore. <laughs> but again, the lesson to be learned here, Mike, is you don't brush your teeth for you. You do it for others. <laughs> Much like wearing a mask. But you do it for you, too, because, you know, proper dental health and all, all of that, you know. Mike, so, why do you so always got to be Mr. Goody Two Tits over here? <laughs> two Tits? Why, can't you, ever, why can't you ever spark up a duber with me in the dugout behind the high school? Why do you got to Why do you gotta <laughs> run and tattle? All right. So no, I mean, uh, this is a podcast fine. about Unsolved Mysteries. And uh, Unsolved Mysteries has returned. It has returned. And, and I'm excited and I'm happy that it's back. No, um, no, I am. Uh, so, you know, we've been talking, like, what, when do we start talking about this? Like last year, at least, that yeah, Netflix like that. planned to re- bring back Unsolved uh-huh. Mysteries. You can go back in our pod- podcast archive and you can see that we, we covered this. It was at least a year ago that we talked about it. Mm-hmm. We speculated on it. We talked about who would be good hosts. Uh, I remember yeah. them releasing a screenshot at one point, and we all thought it looked really good. It was, like, dark and everything like that. And the whole time, it was this whole, like, anticipation of, like, well, what's it going to be like? And me and Mike's kind of take on it was that we're not really expecting a whole lot. Um and a lot of wait and see. Yeah, a lot of wait and see. And Mike's feeling and I guess my kind of my feeling too was that uh I worried that it was gonna be just like any other generic true crime show. And it is. And then it came out <laughs> and uh me and Mike seem to have differing opinions on it. And Mike, what's your what's your take on the new unsolved mysteries on Netflix? So the new unsolved mysteries, I've only seen one episode, 13 minutes so far. It doesn't suck. I'm not going to say that, but it is honestly what I was expecting it was going to be. I thought going in, this was going to be mediocre. I thought it was going to be okay because I know they can't, you know, replicate stack and they can't bring them back. And right off the bat, that puts them at a serious disadvantage because there's no one else that can really, you know, come close to Stack when it comes to what he brought to the show. They could they could have found a host that could have done a good job, but I they guess yeah. I guess they just 
I think I even read somewhere where just kind of out of respect for the legacy yeah. of Stack, they just did, went with no That host. might be what they did, kind of like with Rod Serling. I, it re- really, that's what the intro, uh, the little ghostly image of uh, Robert Stack in the intro reminded me of. Dude, which by the, is, wh- uh, by the way, when I saw that, I was not expecting to see that. I, I, got, yeah. ch- I got choked up. I was yeah. like, I, I loved that. That was brilliant. Like, I'm so- That's one of my favorite things about this new show so far, <laughs> is, is that. We're not off to a good start if that's your favorite thing i mean that's it's, i said it's one of my favorite things okay uh one of one you know um the other thing that i that i legitimately i'm going to talk about stuff that i like about this show before i get into you know the stuff that i don't like about the show uh especially the way that they they're presenting it um what i what i do like about the show with the longer uh format it's it's a positive and a negative for me, but it's a positive in the way that you can get more candid kind of interviews with uh, with the people who are uh, involved with the case or uh, new people who went missing or were murdered or the family members. You get to know people a little bit more than you would, uh, it, you know, with a shorter format. Like for instance, kind of the stuff like uh, the the husband talked about how he slept with his wife's bones. That would never be featured on, you know, the original that's, Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, that's really true. I never thought about that, but that that is very true. Yeah, they would not have said that in the old show. But, but that so, that is very that is a kind of a tasty little creepy detail, though. Yeah. So the, those kind of details would never really be featured on the, on the original show. Uh, it's well shot, you know, it's an HD, you know, you got competent people behind the camera, the way that the interviews are are shot and, and, uh, the, the, um, trying to think of the right word for, for it, the mizzen scene or, or, you know, the way that things are set up in the shots are, are well done. There's nothing that's too particularly distracting or, or lame when it comes to the position of the camera. So from a technical standpoint, it's 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 good from direction, cinematography. I don't think that the cinematography is as impress is is as interesting or as memorable as the cinematography in 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 uh, the earlier seasons of the show. You know, the Prime Unsolved Mysteries, uh, not Amazon Prime, but you know, like the Prime era of Unsolved Mysteries, like the first five or six seasons. The good old days. Um, but. It's not bad. And I like the rendition they used for, of the original theme for the intro. But to me, it's not Unsolved Mysteries. It's, it's uns- you could take the title out and the Robert Stack homage and you could call this show Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. Oh my God. <laughs> and, no, one's and, re- no one's ready for that show yet. I I know exactly, but I'm just saying, like you could take you could take that kind of title, uh, or or unexplained mysteries, which has already been used before in another show, so they probably wouldn't use that. But you can do or the true crime files, which has probably already been used. So you could take a, a this show, put in a different title, and it would be there would be nothing different about it. So it, it's one of those things where I was worried that this was going to be like any other Netflix docu-series or uh, ID Discovery or, you know, 
um I don't, I don't, ID Discovery is not really a name, but you know, it's the ID Investigation Discovery Channel. Investigation Discovery Channel. So, any other sort of series like that. And that's really what this show is. And I understand that's what's popular right now. That's what's, uh, uh, really, uh, bringing in audiences, so to speak. But you're not just trying to bring in new audiences with, with this show. It's it's unsolved mysteries. So that's the thing that I, I really am I'm disappointed with when it comes to these modern reboots. Like they seem to like forget about the old fans, you know, the the the, the bedrock of of the fan base. And they're just trying you know, to reel in these new people and they and they just give the, the bedrock these little scraps. It was like, Oh well it's an IP it, you know, unsolved mysteries is back. The logo doesn't look that bad in in the intro. Uh, we have Robert Stack is is there and as a little ghostly, as a little ghost, a nice little tribute. I'm like, okay, that's cool, that's fine, but that's it. Like, I I don't understand why you couldn't, at the very least, still have some embl- some semblance of that mood and atmosphere that really made unsolved mysteries. Uh, you know, spooky, uh, creepy, uh, it had this lo-fi, uh, uh, charm to it. I thought that because the producers of Stranger Things were working on it, they would really lean into more of the retro aspects of this reboot. And instead, they didn't do any of that. If they so, if they did do that though, if because I was thinking about this, if they did like make it look purposefully, they don't have to do make it look purposefully. I'm just talking about like in terms of lighting, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, but like, I feel like if they did that though, it would it would kind of it would I don't to me it would kind of make it feel like it's taking these people these real people's cases of like tragedy and shit and it would make it almost like silly like it, I don't know like we're just, trying to make it more of a, a fictional movie rather than like a real nah, show where this... nah, it, it just it just depends on the <clears throat> approach I agree with you if they approached it in a way where it's too campy or, or you know too over the top but what i'm talking about is specifically in the reenactments which there barely are any in this it that's another thing that's missing it's probably a good thing uh, well i mean yeah but i mean that's still part of the charm of, of the show and part of what makes the show stand out uh and you can have you know less reenactments or whatever but like have some more, more like creepy, moody atmosphere. Like shoot more scenes at night. Do something. I understand there are other episodes that, that are shot at night, but everything just looks flat to me. And there's a lot of these, uh, uh, so much B-roll that that you could cut out of this single episode, and you wouldn't miss a damn thing. It doesn't add much to the atmosphere or the mood to me. It's just like, oh, here's some uh, footage of the woods. Here's a fucking millipede going through the woods. Here's the bridge, which that one was okay. But then there's other stuff that just feels like Sounds like you're describing the intro. 
Well, it's not. It's not really the intro. It's also the rest of the show because there's a lot of stuff in in this particular uh, episode. Honestly, you should have watched the first episode instead of the. Yeah. Se- the I-, I wanted to talk about the second episode mainly so I could rail on the asshole uh-huh. ex husband, but uh, <laughs> you you really should have started off with the first. The first episode well, I mean- really like strikes the tone better than mm-hmm. the second one does. <clears throat> I per- my opinion on this show is i i like it i like these kind of shows though uh yeah i do kind of agree with you that you could kind of take you know if you strip away the theme song and the stack homage uh you you really kind of could have you could put any title uh uh, on over these episodes and it would have been you know just as well um th- there's not and to me that kind of bugs me you yeah, know because I mean, it's unsolved mysteries we're talking about it's not you know the thing about the first episode though that that to me did feel very unsolved mysteries was the how bizarre the story was the okay husband married happily married one day runs out of yeah. his house uh somehow ends up uh uh-huh. on the Might want to save it well no i'm just like i'm just like running through the synopsis like he 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 basically the theory is he jumps off the top of the belvedere hotel Mm -hmm. he crashes through the ceiling of some building and that's where they find him i mean how creepy of a premise is that you know that is that is that is definitely a story that i mean i'm still gonna give the i'm still gonna give this series the you know a a shot and i'm gonna watch every episode it's just my first impression is just meh. That's really for honestly this particular my first episode, impression. For this particular so episode, far. I could I could see how where you could potentially have that opinion, but to me the uh, the the ex husband kind of makes this episode. I I loved this guy. He was delicious <sighs> in the sense of he was such a piece of shit that like anytime they they like. At first, I thought, okay, he's just a you know an old man who you know whatever. But then, like as the story went on, and we're gonna get into it, but good uh-huh. lord, like I did not like this guy. But- I'll let I'll let I'll let Josh uh, run with the 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 uh, systematic destruction of 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 that of of him. Yeah, but um, um, no. Anyway, though, like I I like it for what it is. Like I said in the Facebook group, mm-hmm. we're never gonna be kids again. You know, well, yeah. we're not going to be able to. Can't go. It, we're not going to be able to reclaim home. our our youth or our nostalgia yeah. or anything like that. So, for what this is, I think it is a quality true crime. You know, and the, there's yeah. the UFO one. I got to get to that one. I haven't seen that one yet. Some people were complaining about episode three because everything's subtitled and all that. That doesn't. That might not bother me. I yeah. don't know. We'll see. But um, so yeah, it's a it's. You know, like I said in in the, my comment on the group, like it does show that you can't go home again. Um, but another thing that I there's a couple other things I want to mention that I feel would have helped this show so far from what I've seen. Music, other than the intro, this music is generic, forgettable. I forgot all of it already. It's background noise. I'm so sick of this background noise kind of uh, music that just drones in the background and adds nothing to any of the scenes. Like, why do you even have a score if it's gonna do nothing to elevate the mood or the atmosphere? And, like, when it comes to, like, people talking, I get it. 
But I don't even think there was any music when people were talking in the original show. It was just, it was mainly a bunch of, it was a bunch of like droning sounds, a bunch of just kind of yeah. atmospheric, like lo-fi synthy yeah. sounds. There wasn't, there wasn't any kind of, uh, a lot of the old Unsolved Mysteries music by Gary Malkin, a lot of that stuff was really over the top. A lot of the sounds, a lot of those like, those dissonant choirs or the... Yeah, but I mean, some of it was just, you know, it really oh, no, at it least gr- it made the effort. No, it was great. Like it was over the top yeah. in a, in a gr- in like a in a cool way. It paid off. Like it's very cinematic in a lot of ways, especially in uh, some of the uh, more intense sequences. You know, like uh, what was it? Rob's rampage was that? Oh the guy? yeah, was that the guy's yeah. Name? yeah. Rick's rampage. Rick's rampage. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh yeah. That the the composition for that particular scene yeah. was fucking amazing. But just just in general, like they had, you know, the Silent Night, Deadly Night, what I like to yes. call it, the, the twisted, <laughs> yeah. you know, like the take on Silent Night. Uh-huh. You know, like they they had these like kind of memorable music cues on the old one, and uh, yeah, I definitely haven't heard any of that on on uh. But see, here's the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, this is something that. Uh, this is a business venture, you know. They have to make money from this. They're not doing this. They just... can, they can, but that's the thing. They can make money from it if they try. You know, they could still make as much money if they try with the score, to you know at least to have. Well, I'm not talking about the score. You know, I'm just talking about everything. Yeah. Over, the whole thing overall. I'm just, like they have. Well, yeah. They're trying to capture the largest audience possible, and I don't blame them. You know, I don't blame them for for doing yeah. that. I mean, they. You know, the true crime... I'm biased. I'm admittedly biased. No, I am too. I am too. But (laughs) the thing is, though, you gotta remember, back back in, like, the late 80s, the true crime genre as a TV show was not defined. There was was no playbook on how to make a textbook-looking true crime show. That's why Unsolved Mysteries was unique. Right. And that's why it was unlike anything else on television at the time. Because there were no rules, so they were writing the rules as they went along. And that's why you ended up with something that was so unique. Unfortunately, there have been a bunch of shows from Investigation Discovery Channel that have come along, and they've kind of and wrote, Netflix docu series. Yeah, that that too. And they've kind of written the rule book on okay, this is how if you want to do a true crime show, this is how it's got to look. This is the pacing. This is the lighting but for the why? interview. Why? Why do you have to follow that? I think I think it's formula. just one of those things where where people become fearful of if if I step out of line. It's almost like in the music world, if I step out of line too much with what's popular, no one's gonna no one's gonna be interested in this because they're gonna look it's at it. It's fucking unsolved mysteries. Like people are gonna be in, you know, the diehard fans, which there are many. Uh, they are gonna be interested in it regardless. So it's kind of it's kind of okay. And that's the core group have, that you're going to be appealing. to. I have to. a good analogy for this. So my boss purchased this goth bar in Jacksonville, and uh-huh. he the the sales were not doing well at this place um, at this goth bar. Oh yeah. Saturday night was their big gothic night. It was a, like the dance party, whatever. And every other day through the week, there wasn't really a whole lot of business, and the club was doing bad, but my boss really wanted to own this club. It meant a lot to him. Uh-huh. Uh, he had been, you know, working there in the past, and, uh, you know, et cetera. So he wanted to, like, buy this club, turn it around, and how he was going to do that was by stripping away the stigma that this is just a goth bar. 
So he took out a lot of like the chandeliers and a, a lot of the dark black painted blah, 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 which whatever your opinion is of that, that's not going to appeal to your average bar goer. You know, you got to make not saying you have to turn into a sports bar, but, you know, just make it look more like just that modern design kind of style that a lot of bars are doing now. And so that's kind of what he did with it. And then a lot of the goths started complaining. And then he took away goth night on Saturday uh-huh. and made it more of an open format night. And then everybody was up in arms about that. All the goths were made some yeah. page and they started complaining about it. But what it boiled down to was you guys didn't come out to this goth, you didn't even come out to you. Got the got uh, the people who were doing the loudest complaining were people who hadn't been to that venue in over a year. The people who were barking the loudest had not patronized that place. I mean, in in forever. So I get what you mean, but I don't really see how that connects. Uh, you gotta to, to, you gotta give me time, Mike. I'm I'm slow I, with my things, but when they <laughs> unfold, they become good things. Just gotta give my brain time to say the words. So it it basically came down to a choice: Do I keep this niche thing, hoping that the Goths in Jacksonville will please come out and support me as my head is barely above water, or do I just kind of? strip things back and make it a little bit more open to where, yes, I'm going to alienate the goths, but a lot more people are going to come in and I get to keep the lights on. And that is the analogy that I have with Unsolved Mysteries. I don't think that fits. They could have kept kept it more niche and... Here's why I don't think that fits. Okay. They they did the more contemporary thing with the Farina reboot. No, that that, was a failure. That was an affliction affliction t-shirt. That was not contemporary. Well, for the time period, I mean, thinking about the way things are edited, the way that, you know, stuff was set up, like that was very early 2000s, the music stings, all of that kind of stuff was mid 2000s. But they were, they in, were in using the old episodes, though. They weren't even new, I know, using new but episodes. That's what I'm saying. Like, they, they weren't used, they weren't doing new reenactments. That was an abomination. That was, that was not a. Yes. That was. But it's still, it was still an attempt to be more contemporary and to be like a, a, a more <laughs> updated version of Unsolved Mysteries. Now, with this version, I don't think the Goff bar analogy really technically works because what I'm what I'm talking about is because it's not technically because it seems like that Goff bar was just struggling to begin with and wasn't really having that much of business, didn't really have uh, that much of an IP or reputation. Other than for, for a select number of goths on golf night, Unsolved Mysteries, it, it had a wider, it has a much wider appeal than that goth bar ever, ever did. I'm saying that's a microcosm. Uh, I'm obviously Unsolved Mysteries is a bigger IP than you know this goth bar. Yeah, but it's a microcosm in the sense that most Unsolved Mysteries fans, I think, are going to migrate to, and you can see that in our group. Most people have liked oh, yeah. the show. They're going to migrate to it and go, yeah, that's cool. And there's going to be a, a certain niche of well, Unsolved yeah. Mysteries fans who are going to be like, oh, this just isn't the same. And and you're in that group, and that's fine. And and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's how you feel. I just I just think it's mm-hmm. – I, I just personally find it take an issue with, okay, let's just appeal to only one thing. And I would have taken an issue if, we did, if they didn't try to take some of the other elements uh, from more modern true crime shows. 
what I'm asking for is the best of both worlds. And I see that, don't see that enough. And I think there was a prime opportunity with this, this reboot to, to have something like that. It just kind of comes across to me is that other than the intro, it's kind of like they're ignoring, you know, that this select, you know, this, this particular portion of the fan base. And, and, and it's like, okay, on one hand, I understand, but I just think it really just takes this show and makes it it's something that either, to me, it's not, or something that any other show could easily be today. And Unsolved Mysteries, to me, is a show that, in all honesty, I could easily do completely without this reboot, like most reboots, because... It existing doesn't do anything necessarily to harm the legacy of the original series, uh, but it doesn't really do anything to add to it either, if you ask me. I mean, it might bring in some new fans, but uh, it's just one of those things that it, it's the cases are interesting, but I'm pretty sure these cases probably have been around beforehand. And might have been covered on other true crime shows. Yeah, but to get the visibility of like Netflix, though, like all the extra eyeballs on. And to be fair, if 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 even one of these cases is solved from this new reboot coming out, then it's all worth it. Because I mean, at the end of the day, the show, oh, yeah, the show existed yeah. to help solve For sure. cases. For sure. So I mean, you know, there's that angle. I'm not trying. I appreciate, not tr- I appreciate that angle. I'm not I trying to get all like SJW that on you or anything like that. No, but, no, you know, I understand. Uh, no, I appreciate that. That that you know, uh, I and I definitely agree with that. Um, it's just one of those things. It's like it is what it is. It exists. And I, I will, you know, give it a fair shot. Watch the first episode. I'm the a, first episode. I'm a critic. The first episode is better, <laughs> a lot better than. Uh, I, I'm a lot more critical. <laughs> I know. Then, then some people look. I, I, so. I was, I was, you know, completely prepared to hate it, but I'm glad that. And I don't hate it, folks. I don't hate it. It's just, it's, it's, it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. It's unsolved mysteries in name only, and I'm a little uh, disappointed by that. In <laughs> name only. That's 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 harsh. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, that's that's that. So let's get into this uh, 13 minutes case. Now, the crazy thing is, is uh, they on the one hand, they do already have uh, wiki like unsolved Mm -hmm. wiki is on these new cases and uh, they have an unsolved dot com on these new cases. But they are meager. They are bare bones compared to what they have exactly on uh, the old cases, where they have like paragraphs of information and all that. Well, yeah. Well, th- well, this particular case, um, it seems a little straightforward, in, in a lot of ways. One thing you were saying is you felt that that this was uh, a <laughs> yeah yeah. Stretched for example, out. <laughs> yeah. I honestly feel that this particular case could have been co- could have been covered in thirteen minutes. <laughs> yes, the 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 title of this episode is 13 minutes and Mike feels like it could have been covered in 13 minutes, but it was uh stretched out as he as he would put uh, you know, to I see what you mean now when you're talking about some of these docu-series on Netflix like just stretching things out a little you bit. You know, too it's much. really sad that it took the new unsolved mysteries for you to finally see that point. I did not want <laughs> new unsolved mysteries to make that point. <laughs> I wanted you to see that point without unsolved mysteries having to make it but you know 
All right. Anyway, this is the case of Patrice Andres. 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 Mm-hmm. So, and let me just say too, one thing I also like, one thing I, me particularly that I also like about this new Unsolved Mysteries is finally I'm seeing cases that aren't like 20 or 30 years old. Yeah. Like finally I'm seeing yeah. cases where like the yeah. person I just saw on TV is actually still looks like that. They're not like, you know, 20 years older and grayer and or dead. But this, but this case is still kind of, uh, fairly old yeah it's an old case but you know it's it's uh they would do that on the old unsolved mysteries all the time they would show they would you know they would have a new episode on may 14th of 1992 and they're talking about a case from 1975 Uh uh-huh yeah i know which is insane to think that in in 1992 1975 was only like 15 like 17 (laughs) years but you know prior which is crazy because yeah but this is like 2004 so like if unsolved mysteries was still going after stack passed away on lifetime or whatever with a different host or no host this is the kind of case they probably would cover yeah yeah absolutely still think they could have gotten keith morrison to do it but that's my opinion as far as hosting i think he would have been perfect um he's the perfect kind of creepy yeah i think he would have done a good job as well so anyway, at noon on April 15th, 2004, two of Patrice's regular customers arrive at Tambor's Trim and Tan Salon for their scheduled appointments. And let me just say, Patrice herself, she, she I think she spent a little bit too much time uh, on the tan portion. Good Lord, this <laughs> woman is a golden brown, uh, yeah. an unnatural golden brown. Like, I, there is such a thing as over tanning. I, I've known mm-hmm. females in the past who feel they only look good when they're like super tan, and I, that that must be some kind of weird. I almost feel like it's a weird uh, obsession with some people. I've seen, I've seen, I, I've seen an episode of My Strange Addiction where there's this young girl who's just always going tanning. It was getting darker and darker. Uh, I think, I think there might be something to, to be said that in some cases there, that it is a psychological thing. Yeah, like um, it's just. Ah, it's so unnatural looking. Like when they're clearly like very Caucasian, but they're like they're this unnatural brown color. It's almost like like a few shades away from blackface. Like, oh my God. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, cut it out. Like, you're, but to be honest, that's something that a lot of people have thought about, but haven't really. I had the guts to say so when your um, skin is tanning it's literally your skin like like it's your skin's defense against too much uh like uv rays mm-hmm. it's your skin going stop like you're you're burning us kind of anyway i digress the owner <laughs> the owner and hairstylist patrice Patri- is it it's patrice right yeah that's, again that's a fucking weird Weird name for a. Anyway, uh, Patrice. It really? It, it's not a weird name, but it's a weird name for a white woman. I'm. I'm just gonna say it. I. I. I Patrice. I, I. I keep thinking of Patrice O'Neill, the comedian, black guy. Uh, anyway, Patrice is nowhere to be found. Her purse and keys are on the desk. Her lunch is still warm in the microwave, and her car is parked at an odd angle in front of the salon, not in its usual place. When they see the cash drawer is empty, the two women know something is seriously wrong, so they call 911. The search for Patrice begins immediately. Owning a hair salon was Patrice Andre's dream come true. 
Her husband, Rob, helped her purchase and remodel it to perfection. After she disappeared, Rob is devastated and claims he doted on Patrice and loved her with all his heart. But this is a guy who says that, but uh, he also has admitted that he was protective of her. Yeah. Like he, other people say that about her. And then like he even admits it on camera that he was he was very he's, he was protective of her. Yeah, and he is 20 years her senior. So he you know, she's like 30 at the time and he's like 50. And my thought is looking at her, she seems to be very much into, you know, the kind of the vanity and tanning and all that and you know, she I would think I would find her more attractive if she wasn't so artificially tanned, but I could see how like your average, you know, 50 year old uh-huh. old guy is going to look at that and be like, oh, hell yeah, that's a hottie right there. So to be this 50 year old man and, you know, this 30 year old is, you know, into you. Uh, I feel like there's immediately going to be some insecurity there because you're always going to be wondering, like, well, why is she with me? When she could be with someone like around her age who looks a lot better than my balding ginger ass, you know. So I feel like that was like the stem of a lot of his controlling, maybe not controlling, but like overly protective nature. Possibly. I mean, what else could it possibly be? You know, like it's uh, he could just be he could just he could just be uh, an insecure, possessive, controlling person. It doesn't matter what relationship he's in. I think that just honestly doesn't matter the age group, age age difference. I think I think the age thing, I think that had a lot to do with it. The insecurity. I think he felt it could be he felt like he wasn't good enough and or attractive enough and she was gonna but i just noticed with a lot of these kind of uh relationships it seems like you know the ones that are really you know possessive and jealous and controlling that's just something that's already kind of ingrained in that individual like uh it doesn't matter you know what relationship they're in he probably had prior relationships where other women could probably say the same thing yeah i don't know I don't know about any of that. That would be speculation on my point, Your Honor. I know. Uh, Your Honor, I, know. I refuse to speculate. But you're <laughs> speculating about that other stuff. No, I know that for a fact. Because I am a master of sociology. <laughs> and I know that for a fact. That is not speculation. Strike everything Mike just said from the record, Your Honor. <laughs> judge Moon Pie Face is in is is our judge in the courtroom today because oh, we're we're both fucked then. <laughs> like, <he'll> just... <laughs> you guys have made fun of me for three or four fucking years i ain't gonna rule in either one of your sides and i i don't know why i let the phone ring i, I don't know i just i thought she'd answer anyway um so anyway, Rob just loved and doted on Patrice so very much. But Patrice's son, family, and friends disagree. They claim that he was jealous, possessive, controlling, and bald. And Patrice was getting ready to divorce him. They didn't say the. And speaking of the divorcing thing, like uh, <laughs> uh, Rob actually mentions on camera that he didn't. It's the first time he heard about that. Yeah, he's like, well, that's news to me. 
I mean, he's gonna he's gonna talk like Hank Hill for the rest of this podcast. For and then all. he was like pissed off too about it, if I remember correctly. Uh, the already strained relationship between Rob and his stepson Pistol. Pistol is the son's name, by the way. What kind of fucking name is that? I'm sorry, Look, like- <laughs> Mike. They grew up in Cummings, Georgia. Man, what do you want from them? You know, Cumming, Georgia. I, I know. I, like, I pl- that fucking name is so unfortunate. I know we're we have dirty minds. But come on. And it's even spelt like C U M M I N, like literally yes. the way I would spell I'm coming. Yes. Which, sorry if you guys didn't want that visual, but. Could you just be like, uh, uh, are, are you coming over to coming? <laughs> Could be C O M I N G. I mean, easily, but no, they had to spell yeah. it like that. I guarantee you, like the guy who penned the name of ejaculation, I, his last name was probably Cum, like Robert Cum. Ah! <laughs> uh! Uh, I I am uh, I am coming. That's right. I'm going to name it after myself, Robert Cum. Anyway, <laughs> uh, my band actually played a show in Cumming, Georgia. Oh, yeah. Some what was that like some shitty restaurant? Uh, it sucked because in Georgia they stopped selling alcohol at stores at midnight. Mm. so oh yeah you told me about yeah. that yeah and you had to like go to some shady place and yeah we went to some fucking uh some uh gas station in downtown atlanta yeah. where they they uh mm-hmm. it was owned by some foreign gentlemen and uh, let's just say they they could give a fuck less about uh georgia's laws so they yep. they sold us the alcohol at like <laughs> yeah. like it was like i think it was like 2 30 a.m yeah. which would be even past the sell by time in florida like in uh-huh. florida we'll sell you alcohol until like 2 a.m but um after that you can't you know but um yeah that was that was so <laughs> that was pretty cool so of them. it's uh safe to say that you will not be coming back i'll play a show in atlanta I'll, I'll do a show in atlanta but i'm not gonna go to coming You're not gonna, yeah <laughs> atlanta by the way atlanta is one of the most overrated cities of all time like i, I think you've ranted about yeah, this i think i have know, but i just want to go back on record to say georgia <laughs> georgia as a whole is a shitty state and uh, Atlanta is such a fucking overrated city. And I hate that it's like, like when you bring up like the top five cities in uh, America, it's always like like uh, Nashville, New York City, Los Angeles, like uh, Chicago and Atlanta. And I don't know why Atlanta somehow got in that mix. I guess they needed some southern city to represent. But I feel like they should have chose like Miami uh, over, I mean, I've never been to Miami, but it just seems uh, the bars stay up until 4 a.m. there. So I, uh, you know, I just sound like an alcoholic at this point. Like, whoever's <laughs> yeah, gonna yeah. let me drink the longest, that's the city that I like. Um, but no, I don't know. Atlanta, there's just nothing to it. Like, I mean, I mean, we we explored and shit. I I just didn't really see what all the fucking fuss was about. Anyway, going back to this, uh, Pistol disagrees. With uh, the whole um, everything that Pistol Pete over here, Pistol Pete. <laughs> uh, through through her family, um, hopes and prays that Patrice will return. Though her family hopes and prays <laughs> that Patrice will return, her disappearance has all the signs of an abduction. Police, family, and friends comb the area for uh, combed the area for weeks they they write this they also comb the desert they're writing this in present tense like they're doing this right now like they there's no like past tense to any of yeah, this yeah so they probably combed the desert as well and they didn't find shit what do you mean desert there's no desert in georgia i'm making a reference to something god why would <laughs> what who's going to get that 
Comb the Desert? What are you talking about? <laughs> what movie is that even from? You see how upset from, you're making me? It's from Spaceballs. God. No, I haven't seen it. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> investigators. Look, they're, they're still doing the present tense shit. It says investigators create a timeline. But no, it, they created it. This happened in the past. And this is on the main This is Unsolved Mysteries website. What the fuck? Investigators created a timeline based on Patrice's customers that day and her cell phone calls, and they identified a narrow 13-minute window of time when the abduction would have had to have taken There's place. Another thing I, I will say I liked about this particular episode of the new Unsolved Mysteries is how they had on the bottom of the screen, you know, these uh, the the this uh, like these subtitles. Uh, really, what it was it was more of a graphic that showed uh, the time. And and they created a timeline in what I thought was a pretty cool way. Yeah. You know, where it would like fade in and then it would fade out and then it would like fill yeah. the screen. It kinda helps you so. kinda helps you keep track of like what's going on, like when they show a graphic on screen. Yeah. And they did it in a way that was like a lot more tasteful than how uh the ham fisted way that uh, the Farina Unsolved Mysteries oh, yeah. would shove graphics on the screen. Beep, 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 yeah, beep, like beep, 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 with these like stupid like circles and triangles, and like they would show like say uh, the uh, Kentucky UFO episode. They showed the 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 light blinking in the ravine, and there was these circles that would circle around it, and this text would scrawl on the screen saying "Unidentified Object" with an arrow pointing <laughs> to the light. Like no shit. No shit, they just said it. That's what it was. Like, God, I hated the revamp with Farina so Unsolved much. Unsolved mysteries for morons. Yeah, pretty much. Like, let me hold your... <laughs> well, I mean, it was on Spike TV, so, uh, you know, do with that what you will. There are there were a lot of chads who probably watched Spike TV. Television yeah, that was the channel of Mansers. Uh, although, to, to defend Spike TV, I, I, do, I, I did enjoy A Thousand Ways to Die. Yeah, or ten thousand. I never, I never watched that show. I didn't want to. I didn't want to watch some faces of death shit. That's what that seemed like to me. Some kind of. It's it's not. It's it's handled in a way that's super tongue in cheek. Mm -hmm. Like it is not serious at all. Oh, one thing I should mention about Rob, the uh, ex husband, Mm -hmm. uh, he did not like pistol, and he he. He made no bones about saying as much, like, it, in the interview yeah. on the show. Like, he, he was... There was a reenactment that just had a young, I think, an actor was supposed to play uh, Pistol, young Pistol, and he just, like, goes to his bedroom and is just, like, putting his hands in his, his in his face, and his, I think he's about to cry or something, because his father never really liked him, never thought he was going to amount to anything. And that is pretty fucked up. I mean, what an asshole. Like, you know... That's honestly your job as a as a parent. One of your jobs as a parent is to to you know instill you know the, some respect and, and appreciation you know in, in your kid and in you you know to to have you be a father figure or you know someone that he can he or she can look up to and and come to you know when things are you know problematic. Yeah, and. It just seemed like he didn't give a shit because he just didn't like him. Thought he would amount to nothing. Well, he was also saying that uh, he was never disciplined. Um, well, yeah. And, you know, how they're describing Patrice's relationship with her son in the beginning of the episode, you really do get the feeling that this kid was kind of like 
her 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 everything, her night and her day, yeah. her her just her whole world. So it you know when you dote on your kid that much, chances are mm-hmm. you're not gonna be like this hardcore disciplinarian. What's yeah? What's Rob's idea of discipline though? Yeah, like I mean, she could have disciplined him. But like maybe it wasn't strict enough for him, so he considered that to not be discipline at all. Like you don't really know. Spare the rod, spoil the child is. is what my daddy always taught me. Let me whip that boy's ass and show him what a little bit of southern discipline feels like. <sighs> That's what I feel like Rob was wanting to do. Just based off of that goddamn. Crocodile Dundee hat he's wearing in this picture that I'm looking at right here. He looks like he wants to just crack him with a fucking whip or something. Thinks he's Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> this stupid safari hat he's wearing, looking like a damn. G- he looks like a dollar store. Looks, Indiana looks Jones. like he's looking for dinosaur bones or some shit. So anyway, uh, Rob has an airtight alibi, yet he falls under suspicion because he knew Patrice's schedule and would have known that she would be alone during those 13 minutes. Some believe Rob kidnapped and killed his wife because their marriage was unraveling. Uh, I mean, there's other things like uh, he changed the locks. Well, that was after she died. Yeah, but still... Yeah, so Rob denies this, saying that they were happy. Patrice was totally devoted to him, and she was the love of his life. Well, of course. He's he's still going to be obsessive and controlling of, you know, her, even when, you know, she's dead, because he's just especially controlling over his idea of their relationship. And he was saying, like, when they, when they like took him in to you know question him and all he's like i wasn't surprised i know that you know i'm the husband and you know that's the first person they're gonna look at and he has he's criminal what doesn't he have a degree in criminology yeah, he, or something? Sa- he said he studied criminology which is another yeah. which doesn't definitely doesn't help his case for like being innocent like oh i studied how to get away with murdering people trust me i know what to, you know <laughs> that's kind of the the uh, vibe. But I, was I mean, I, you know, yeah, I could, I could. I mean, that's, see circum- a little that's bit of circumstantial, that. of course. But yeah, it's circumstantial. It's really circumstantial. So months after Patrice disappears, uh, serial killer Jeremy Jones confesses to abducting and killing Patrice, and seems to know details about the crime that only the kidnapper could know. When he later recants his confession, some investigators cross him off their list of suspects. Yet one detective remains convinced that it was Jones who abducted and murdered Patrice. I can see why. I mean, I don't know why he recanted it. Um, maybe it, uh, I'm wondering if he was going to have even more. Like, he was probably... I'm wondering what the situation was with Jeremy Jones. Was was he already on death row or something? Or was he... He was definitely probably facing life in prison. Or was already convicted of life in prison if he's a serial killer. I like how as soon I like how as soon as she goes missing though, he does change the locks yeah. and doesn't let Pistol live with yeah. him. And this exactly this, this dude literally has the balls, even on this show, to go, uh, you know, I didn't want Pistol to live with me because uh, I I uh I didn't like him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't like him. I and I, yeah. I didn't want to deal with him. 
and uh-huh. I thought it would be better if he lived somewhere else. That way, I wouldn't have to deal so, with but, him. Yeah, this guy is a fucking prick. So really, what the whole thing with this guy is, <laughs> he's just like, you know, uh, I know he's my son, but fuck him. I don't give a fuck about him. I don't think he ever I viewed don't want him, him as around his son. Me. Yeah. I think he viewed him as a hindrance between yeah. him and uh, Patrice. And that's so messed up. That's so messed up that someone could view their their child or their son or their daughter that way. He didn't view him as his son, I'm telling you. he like No, but that's what I'm saying. It's messed up that, you know, they could view him that way. You know, that they aren't even their son. I think or, or, I think or, that no. every step parent, like when they come into a situation where there's already a kid, I think the dynamic is is unique to every single situation. Um, my ex girlfriend Caroline, um, one of the first like long term relationships I ever had, um, she called her stepdad Larry, and she did not refer to him as you know, her dad. Well, yeah, and he, I mean, he did not refer to her as his daughter. And they were just uh-huh. kind of like, they were just kind of like roommates. Really? That's all it was. Yeah. Um, there was no, it, it, it just depends. I mean, for instance, with my dad, you know, I, I, you know, I love my dad and everything, but he hasn't been around that much. <laughs> so really my stepfather, he, he, he was more, he was, he was there for me more. Yeah. So I can look at, you know, my experience with, uh, with my stepdad as, as different, you know, I, I, you know, I only kind of say stepdad, you know, because it's, you know, it, it's, it's, I guess it's proper and appropriate to do that. But at the same time, I almost want to, you know, just say, you know, it's my dad, you know, it's my other dad, you know, right. That kind of thing. Um, yeah, and I mean, I think but, yeah. I think that's you know that's that's uh, it's family to me. Blood doesn't mean shit, you know. Family is who you choose. Who is your family? Well, yeah, you choose. I I think yeah. you. I honestly feel you can choose who your family is. Stephanie is my adopted stepsister. Like she she to me is family. Like end uh-huh. of story. You know, like um, yeah, you know that that is something that uh, I think gets overblown. A lot with the whole oh well we're blood yeah so what you haven't been in my life and well, yeah forever it's about, and, res- it's about know, like, mutual respect and appreciation really. yeah like you you know on, on both on both yeah. ends um and, and i think that this rob guy patrice's uh uh ex-husband or whatever like i i honestly think he was just kind of a selfish fuck who yeah who wanted her all to himself and i think that pistol was just nothing but a hindrance you know, to, mm-hmm. to him and, and a pain in his ass. Like, I, I think that, um, I think the kid, I think pistol himself, I think he was probably, um, you know, he, in the episode, I feel like he is portrayed as a little angel. Honestly, he's grown up at this point. So, you know, he's probably got a lot more perspective, but he probably wasn't a little angel, right? He know? was probably <laughs> a bit of an asshole, you know, because he, he they even say in in the the episode that he was going to the principal's office a lot. But you know, his mom was missing. But who knows? He could have been that way before. Who's to say? But so I'm not saying that you know Rob is completely in the wrong. I mean, this kid could have been a nightmare to deal with. Uh, for all we know, uh, uh-huh. he comes off as calm, cool, and collected in in the episode. But I'm not, you know that easily deceived by tv i know that people can 
can yeah. come off different mm-hmm. than how they are or whatever. But Rob just strikes me as a cocksucker. I mean, he really does. <laughs> <laughs> With all that being said, I mean, to change the fucking locks and, and, and to where, you know, your you know, your room and the memories you And have. then there's just the kind of stuff that he just says openly. Oh yeah. on this on this show. I didn't like, like him. Really Yeah. I mean, honestly if you if you aren't an asshole, you're not going to do things like but, this. You're not going to go on camera and say, uh, "I didn't like him." Uh, you know, my I didn't like my son. The, I didn't the, want to live with me. The Rob Coup de Gras asshole moment yeah. will come later on here. Oh yeah. So, for sure. um, almost two years after she vanished, Patrice's skeletal remains are found behind a church in Dawson Forest, Georgia, about eleven miles from her salon. This area is notorious as the location where another serial killer, Gary Hilton, disposed of a body of a young female hiker. Seems like there's a lot of serial killers in this general vicinity. Well, because they, in this they area. cut off alcohol sales at midnight. You know, I mean, what do you expect? There's nothing more. Oof. There's nothing more infuriating <laughs> when you've caught a buzz and you just want to get, you know, a, a, a six pack and bring it home, but you can't <sighs> because it's fucking midnight and it's it's Jesus Town. So, you know, not to mention they don't sell alcohol on Sunday. So, I mean, I'm just but, saying. But Josh, are you insinuating that you know that you're trying to make light of 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 serial killers? Um, not making light, I guess, I guess you could say, uh, am I, am I saying that it's justified because they, they weren't able to drink and, uh, I, I am saying it's a joke and everyone needs to calm the fuck down. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, <coughs> Hilton, Josh is like, I've got a fuck, I've got coronavirus. I got coronavirus. You know, I ain't just... got time for your sensitivity right now. <laughs> so I, <laughs> Anyway, Gary Hilton becomes a prime suspect, but evidence does not connect him to Patrice's murder. Um, With several compelling suspects, but not enough evidence to bring charges, investigators uh, need someone with uh, one clue or any vital information Mm -hmm. to help solve the baffling abduction and murder of Patrice Endres. And I can't believe this Unsolved.com did not go into anything about the remains and Rob. No, no. So, uh, but... First off, though, let's 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 talk a little bit about the clues. So uh, there's the car. So far, the only piece of real evidence the police have in the case is the testimony of two independent witnesses. Both of these make reference to a small blue car that was parked in the front of the shop around 11:45 a.m. Now, this is another element about this new series that I liked. It it, it reminded they when they talked about the car. Uh, they did some kind of old school like drawing of the car, which kind of reminded me a little bit of what they would do with the police sketches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a fun, uh, nice little touch there. Um, so this is between eleven thirty-seven a.m. when Andres uh, made a booking cl- for a client in her salon, and eleven fifty when a client's call was not answered. When the police arrived on the scene, the car had gone. This blue car is not only the mysterious vehicle is not the only mysterious vehicle on the scene. Andreas's car was also not in its usual place, and it had been moved to a space next to this other mysterious vehicle, though her car keys were left at the salon. As well as the car, there was an unidentified person seen interacting with Andres, who may be key to understanding what happened to her. Esquire described this person as a short figure with short, shorter length hair 
with one of the witnesses saying that Endres and this person had hands on each other. Short figure with shoulder length hair. Well, um, that kind of crosses out uh, her asshole husband because, you know, he doesn't have any hair. Uh, when Endres' body was discovered a year after she went missing, missing her wedding ring was kissing, was, uh, what the fuck? Did somebody at Newsweek, this is Newsweek. Like, this is Newsweek.com, which, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I remember when Newsweek used to be a serious publication, you know, actually, you know, fairly serious. You know, it actually was a uh, reputable uh, magazine. How did Newsweek hurt you, Mike? Well, I mean, this fucking uh, article here is full of, like, really bad fucking misspellings that and, like, wrong words. I'm seeing that, that more and more on, online lately. Yeah! Like, what the fuck? Like, people like, are just get getting... Get a fucking proofreader! Yeah, people are just getting dumber. They're just relying on their, uh... They're, they're relying on their uh, autocorrect too much these days. Well, I mean, even with autocorrect, get something called Grammarly... And then it will automatically be like, oh, you shouldn't put kissing with corpse. Because that's exactly what this fucking said. It says, when Endres' body was discovered a year after she went missing, her wedding ring was kissing from the corpse. <laughs> that's pretty bad. Newsweek, come on. Proofread your fucking articles. And Samuel Spencer, shame on you. I don't care if it's a paid, it's a non-paid internship or whatever at the fucking website. With that kind of shoddy craftsmanship, you're never going to get to a paid position. No. But then again, I don't know, considering how things yeah, are, that's you not, know, nowadays. I, dude, I see typos all, like, on, like, major websites all the time. Even the unsolved.com, they add the yeah. the weird, like, present tense that they're writing in. Even But this one is bad, kissing from the Yeah, corpse. that's that's pretty... <laughs> It's pretty bad. The wedding ring was missing from the corpse, and the police still hope to find this key clue. That is pretty uh, significant. I mean, it could have been a grave rob- robber, you know. But what? What? Then again, what who's going to know that there's a, a you know? A, well, exactly. What grave? There is no grave. So why is the wedding ring missing? On the Georgia Bureau of Investigation website, the ring is described as two bands soldered together with a marquee diamond center stone. Uh, the rings are 14 carat, while the diamond is a pear-shaped 1.5 carat rock. Any detail on the ring can be provided on the tip line. There's actually a tip line. Like a phone number? I thought it was just a website. Yeah, 800-597-8477. Oh, interesting. Uh, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations website in the case included a few more clues that may help trigger someone's memory about being a witness to the crime. On Thursday, April 15th, 2004, between the hours of 11.30 a.m. and 12 noon, uh, Patrice Andres, a 38-year-old wife and mother, disappeared from her salon, Tambers, Trim, and Tan. Uh, okay, that actually doesn't provide any clues. So, what's up with the fucking uh, lies, Newsweek? <laughs> After the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office responded to requests for assistance to begin the investigation, it was discovered that money had been taken from her salon, her lunch has been un- was uneaten, her car keys were present, and her vehicle had been moved from its normal location. It's just repeating things that we already covered and already said. Do your job, Newsweek. 
and do a better job. Are you are you are you blaming Newsweek for covering things that we already talked about? Because that's kind of on us. No, I mean really, they're, they're talking about the episode. <laughs> well, I wanted to get to the remains part and talk about that. The the, the juiciest the juiciest bit the juiciest of, of bit. This, uh... So, <laughs> so her remains are found, and Pistol is in class and he gets called to the principal's office which to him is not a new thing at this point and they're like we found your mom and he's like well great let's see her and he's like no we found her remains which uh, it's kind of shitty it's like wouldn't you just yeah. wouldn't you lead with we found your mom's remains instead of we yeah. found your mom oh a little bit of hope yeah. uh your mom's remains sorry you didn't give me enough time to add the apostrophe s remains at the end there um so they find the remains uh He's upset. Rob, the husband, goes to the uh, the fucking uh, where where they do the damn uh, not the mortuary. is it the mortuary the morgue wherever the fuck it is the police station where they have her remains and he the morgue morgue there you go and he has the uh, the the person in charge of the bone handling. He has that he has that person put her like together like you know the knee bones connected to the hip bone or whatever like uh-huh. he he has the guy, the the mortician guy put her assemble her together to where she's a full skeleton so he can see her uh full I guess which is creepy as fuck to me and that's that's fucking very that'd be very really That'd be, that'd be very difficult because you you don't remember the skeleton. You remember the, the person with the flesh and the the eyes. But, I mean, it makes sense that he wanted to see her put together because of what happens later. So then he, like, grabs her skull and, like, walks around the room with it. And then he, like, kisses it. And then he, oh. then he has her cremated. He takes the cremains... And I forgot he actually walked around the the room kissing the skull. Yes, and so he then takes the cremains and he puts them in a fucking box, and then he then dude starts sleeping with the yep. the remains nightly mm-hmm. and like cuddling the box. And he talks about it on camera without like any shyness, without any no like, reservation. You know, like this is no this is something maybe I don't maybe I don't want to share. He's like no. I'll, Oh, yeah, I, I cuddled it like a teddy bear. It's comforting to me. So then I guess off camera he's asked, well, can you show us the remains? And so he goes, yeah. So he like walks over to this closet. He pulls out this box. He cuts it open. He pulls out this plastic pouch of what looks like just dust or sand. Mm-hmm. And he he slaps it on the table and he goes, well, there there she is. That's Patrice. And it's just so fucking creepy. And well, yeah, and it's also fucked up in 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 multiple different ways. So it's fucked up in terms of how creepy and disturbing, and just genuinely, just uh, um, bizarre wrong it is. Macabre, macabre, I think would be macabre, a good word yeah. for it. And, Dark, I mean, let me let me twisted, let, let, twisted. Let me bring it home. Let me bring it home because I know where you're going with this. And so then the the cherry on you're a certified piece of shit. Sunday comes when he goes, he goes on to say, 
I don't show anybody this. I haven't shown many people this, especially not pistol. Ugh. That's the kind of statement that makes you want to take a pistol and turn him into cremains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, dude, that's the kid's mom. Get over yourself. Yeah. Like, get over yourself. But at the same time, no actual funeral. You know, did he have a funeral? Was there a funeral? It didn't say, really. Um, I'm wondering if there actually was a funeral. If there wasn't, that's like even, you know, that's another uh, <clears throat> knock against him, to say the least. Um. I, I know there isn't really a gravestone, I don't think. I don't think there's really, because, you know, there's not really anything to put in a grave. But, I mean, they could have graves without, you know, a body. They do that a lot. They do that all the time. Um, but, like, just to, that's just, you know, just keep them. And I know people keep cremains. But also, like, my mom did for a while. She... Uh, with my dad. And then... The, the, but they finally... this, this is like, you know, he's just keeping it to himself. That's that's different, you know. That's that's really messed up. Yeah, it's it, 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 and to not let her son, who by and large is so much more important than Rob will ever be. Yeah, I mean, Rob came into the picture like the last eight years of her life. That her and it seems like it, it's not just the son; it's like anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, he's, like he, he's a prick. Yeah. This guy. Here's the thing. I don't... I don't really think off the top of my head from the evidence that's been provided that he did it. Um, I need to see more evidence before I, I make that kind of uh, conclusion because all I have is, you know, he's just a fucking asshole. Right. And yeah, he is. Yeah. I but I don't really have enough to really pin the murder mm -hmm. on him. To me, when someone will go out of their way to, like, appear on a show and talk about something like that, it, it, do, it does a lot for me in terms of their credibility as far as them po uh, potentially not being involved. Unless you're someone like uh, uh, Leonard Rizzo. Uh, yeah. or someone like that, that. Who even like the producers or the people who are on the set, like they they were uncomfortable. Oh yeah, yeah, they, they were, were like, they were very uncomfortable doing that interview. They're like, this guy was so guilty, <laughs> <laughs> and you could smell it on him that he was guilty. And I think some people feel that way about about Rob, but I just think he's just a fucking asshole. Yeah, no, he's like, just he, a he's you know, he's, he's, he's a douchebag. He probably had a lot of money or something like that. And he's got, you know, the body language of somebody who doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, I get it. But that doesn't mean that he, he's a murderer. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, he's a he's he's, he's a piece of shit. He, I mean, he was the whole reason I, I chose to do 13 minutes instead of the first episode of Unsolved, <laughs> uh -huh. the new Unsolved Mysteries, which is... Uh, so, how about, uh, before we get into, like, your final thoughts on the case, uh, here is your opportunity to, to uh, take aim... At uh, Rob, you know, just a whole uh, routine of just dressing him down and and uh, coming up with whatever name or or a series of insults you want, kind of like a you know a, your mama kind of thing, but with the, you know just a 
you know, jokes Fucking at his expense. Fat, old, bald, Christopher Cross wannabe, Indiana Jones, bargain bin, knockoff, fucking ginger, fat, nasty ass looking, crusty ass, great cradle robbing, pedo, fucking creepy douchebag, piece of shit, old scum fuck that I would not want 20 miles around me for any reason and he probably is a pedophile i don't know about the pedophile thing but uh you know he is a lot of those other things for sure um yeah uh the guy is definitely uh a asshole prick and uh he's no good (laughs) that's I like how after after everything I say, your final your final jab is he's he's no good. <laughs> you're no good, you're no good, you're no good, baby, you're no good. So, what do you think happened uh, with Patrice? Like, what um, do you think this is just a random uh, act of murder? I don't know. You had that psycho Jeremy Jones talking about you know confessing. Yeah. Uh, to everything, um, but that's what I mean by random. It could have been like you know, oh, there's no like real motive. It's just you know a thrill kill. The whole thing was they're talking about. Well, there's this 13 minutes of time where the where the deed would have had to have been done. And I mean, I don't know. I guess if you're like staking out, you know, the place maybe for multiple days, which could have happened. I mean, I'm looking at pictures of this salon right now, and it's pretty mm-hmm. it's pretty remote. It's sur- the other the other. Uh, bit of evidence you know the the person that was with her you know around that time you know with with supposedly with their hands on her yeah um uh, yeah that, that's that like, could be the killer like two separate people you know said they saw that so. um but or that could just be a really disagreeable uh patron you know yeah you know that happens um but i think i'm leaning more towards like the real kill serial killer you know that kind of jeremy jones maybe being the one doing it because it was like 13 minutes unless unless rob hired a hitman or hit woman well that's one thing they said in the uh episode was there was no life insurance i mean i think i think i think that's something uh that rob was saying there was no uh life insurance policy on her like there was literally Mm -hmm. nothing for him to gain gain from doing that so yeah. I don't. I don't think he was involved. I really don't. Yeah. I, yeah. I. At the end of the day, yeah, I don't either. Because I mean, there's a, no life insurance policy, uh, and uh, he has a. He really does have an airtight alibi. He's got. An, it's one of those guys like you're. You're just like you hate his guts, and you know, you don't like him. But at the same doesn't time, doesn't mean he's guilty. Doesn't mean he's guilty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's really all I have to say about this case. Um, I hope, I do hope it gets solved, uh, maybe through this show. Hopefully, maybe there'll be some new leads. Um, but uh, we shall see. I, I don't know. I mean, I, this is going to be a difficult one in terms of new leads. Yeah, but, what do you, you, know, what do you watch? Uh, what do you watch the first one? That, that one's really crazy. That's the one that, that one, the case really does intrigue me. Uh, a lot more than this one, yeah. To be honest, yeah. No, it it, it definitely um, the, the this guy literally just just struck me the wrong way, and I wanted to talk about him first. 
And uh, I don't blame you. In the, like, in the first is. episode, there's no there's no one on the show where I'm like, fuck that person in particular. <laughs> it's just like, wow, that's a really crazy situation. Like, what a great, yeah. you know, that's a great. And, and I, you know, Eddie, or one of our listeners, Eddie, was saying this somewhere on the group or something. And, and I, I do concur. I did find myself fantasizing what it would have been like if this had been on the old Unsolved Mysteries and Robert Stack had been narrating it, especially the first, yeah. especially the first case. I could see it with the second one, too. Like the first case with the dude like, you know, like jumping off the roof and mm-hmm. found, you know, dead in the bottom of some building, like hearing Stack narrate that would have made it that much creepier. Well, yeah. But um, yeah, anyway, we're we're coming in in almost two hours here. I didn't think we'd get I mean, I guess we were discussing the new show in general, so that took up some time. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, this is going to be a thing um, we're going to, I guess, try to stick to. We're going to try to cover uh, all the new cases because there's, hey, there's new shit to talk about. So that's really, you know, exciting. Um, even if it only feels like in name only to Mike, it's still Unsolved <laughs> Mysteries technically. So yeah. we're still technically talking about the cases. It's worth it. I'm glad you know it's it's out there. So I mean, you know, we have new things to talk about. When it comes to our podcast, when you strip a, you know, it 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 it's a case that could have any of these cases could have been covered on the old show. So when it comes to our podcast, yeah. it's still going to have the same feel as if yeah. it were. For sure. The old show, but we're just not going to say things like, oh, and then the reenactment where the guy did this. Oh, my God, his hair looks so stupid or, oh, it was so creepy when Stack said this line. Like, we won't say things. We normally don't talk about the hair. We talk about mustaches or, or you know. No, that's, or, that's, uh, uh, perhaps it's you who's who does the mustache. Yeah, thing. no, we, we've talked about mustaches, though, and, and we talk about, uh, mainly we talk about the acting. Yeah. There's really no, like... I usually get obsessed with those big ass like school bus window size glasses everyone wore back <laughs> back in the nineties and eighties. Yeah. Like they wanted to see everything around them. <laughs> like good lord, like owls. I don't. I don't even know what they wanted to be owls. Don't we all? Uh, anyway, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> really? Um, oh yeah, I want to be able to turn my head all the way around without breaking my neck. That means you'd have to be possessed by the devil. You know how many places I could masturbate if I could turn my head all the way around and see behind me? <laughs> like anybody walking up? Uh, that would especially... You know what? I would especially use that in public restrooms. As a guy, I hate using the urinal because I'm in a public restroom. I'm taking a piss. I hear the door open. And I I get weird about like swinging my head to see who's there, you know? Because I feel like it makes you look like you're being paranoid. Um, so if I if I could just turn my head all the way around and already be looking behind me, I don't, this is going off the rails. Let's just end this right now. <laughs> For the love of merciful Jesus, let me end this. The Corona brain over here. <laughs> no, I'm I have all I'm always a stupid. And you know what's you know what's bullshit. I've been feeling like crap the past like past like six days or whatever. And uh-huh. I have been living so fucking healthy. I should be feeling if I didn't have this virus, I would be feeling great. I haven't drank since Saturday. I've been taking vitamin mm-hmm. C. I've been hydrating. I've been staying in. Like if it wasn't for this virus, I would be feeling on top of the world right now as far as my normal health goes. But no, 
I just feel all right. I mean, obviously, I'm I was good enough to do this podcast, so you know that's a good sign. Um, yeah, I, like I said, and for a few day, in a few more days, I think I'll be you know a hundred percent. But um, yeah, I can't wait for my fucking smell and taste to return, though. That's a bitch, dude. Like that's that is something you do not want. Um, you do not realize how much you take for granted. Well, I mean, smell and taste go to hand in hand. Yeah. Like, you know, and if either one is affected, it, it caught, you know, let alone both. Uh, I just miss it's the bad. smell of a prostitute's ass. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even drunk. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's Corona brain. <laughs> Give it a whole whole uh, new meaning to Corona craziness over here. Mike is Mike is so befuddled. <laughs> He's not even drunk. <laughs> anyway, this is uh, the podcast. If you want to find us on social media, go to facebook.com, go to the groups tab or section or whatever, type in uncovering unexplained mysteries. Join our group. We talk we're going to be talking about all the new unsolved mysteries episodes for once for the first time in 4 years we are now relevant again um well I guess relevant for the first time because we were never relevant to begin with cuz I mean we talked about Tiger King. Oh, that's right. Never mind. Okay, so we're relevant again. Um yeah, so join us on there. Uh you can uh join our Patreon at, at patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. You will get the podcast early, which you will uh for sure um this week because today is what Thursday. So hopefully I can get it out tonight or tomorrow and then everyone else will get oh, it. Oh, just in time for the fourth of July. Oh yeah. Uh and then everyone else will get it on Monday. Um, and you can also, uh, recommend other cases for us to talk about. I, for those of you on Patreon who have recommended cases for us to cover, I have seen you. I have not, uh, ignored you. Uh, you are definitely on the list of, uh, stuff we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to do like a whole Australian thing at some point because one of our listeners gave us some Australian, uh, movies that were based off of, uh, infamous, uh, cases that happened. Down in Australia, so we're, uh, Snowtown is the name of one of the DVDs. I think that's the one we're supposed to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be doing that. So uh, you're, you're definitely on the list. You know, it's just this: the new Unsolved Mysteries just came out, so it's like ha- we have to cover this. Like we can't not cover this. So anyway, um, and if you want more of me and Mike, but you want us separately, well, I have a solution for you. It's called YouTube. We have our own different YouTube channels. Mike is, uh, he's a movie guy. He covers the movies. He talks about the movies. He watches the movies. His YouTube channel is youtube.com slash OCP communications. What was the last video you did there, Michelle? So last video I did was actually an episode, a second episode of a series I like to call Lost Film Files, where I take a look at the Lost Media Wiki and I take uh, a glance at a select uh, group of different films that either were unmade or had scenes that were missing or so on and so forth. Um, So I talk about one called Blood Circus, which is a crazy, just insane, coke-fueled production um, produced by a guy who ran some uh, gold company uh you could buy gold through like a mail order or whatever called santo gold and the guy was a real piece of work he even sang 
in Blood Circus as himself singing a Santo Cold song. <laughs> and uh, this had like wrestlers, uh, had some, uh, you know, a, a WWF or former WWF wrestlers in it. Uh, it was like sci fi. Like there was aliens, there was decapitations, there was like severed heads flying into people's popcorn, and you know all kinds of fucking insanity. And the guy apparently got involved with the IRS, you know, because he's you know this is a, this is a guy who you you he could have been covered on unsolved mysteries, like that other guy, that other fraud case, but that other guy who was uh, getting involved with the IRS with all this all this shenanigans. Uh, the film is uh, has only been uh, shown once, uh, fairly recently in uh, at, at the like a few years ago at a theater. It used to play at other theaters uh, in in the general vicinity where he was selling his, his wares, but it apparently is in the possession of the IRS. That's the reason why it is not available. It's because the IRS owns the rights. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. So I talk about that and a few other other uh, films and and other stuff. So yeah, so go over yeah. to Mike's channel. Get, give him give him a subscribe. If you want to go to my channel and watch my content on my YouTube channel at my house with my music and my way and my editing. Sorry, you can go to YouTube.com/slash Dancing with Ghosts. It's spelled exactly how it sounds. Dancing with Ghosts. Um, ghosts, multiple ghosts, not just one. Uh, I do videos on music-related stuff, base, uh, mostly, um, like, kind of, um, you know, for instance, I don't know, what was the last, I kind of forgot last thing I talked about. <laughs> I haven't put out a video in over two weeks, because I've been just this and the other. Oh, uh, was it a tier list? Yeah, so the last video I did, I rated all the Smashing Pumpkins albums uh, from the, uh, the basically the A, B, C, D, E, and F, to, or A, B, C, D, F tier um, you know, which ones get the A tier, which ones gotten to the F tier, uh, find out. Then I, you know, I, then I talk about the creepy Daft Punk music video that they don't, that they want you to forget about. And boy, was it creepy. My top 10 favorite video games of all time, crappy album art, how COVID, uh, quarantine themed music videos make me cringe. You can check out my original Music at with my band Dancing with Ghosts on there. I do taste tests. I do fucking everything. It's like a bag of trail mix, except without the macadamia nuts because I can't afford to have macadamia nuts in my <laughs> trail mix because those are expensive. Um, all right. Well, until next week or whenever the hell the next time we do this, uh, everyone be uh, good and stay safe. And I mean, I feel like I'm the last person who should be telling anyone to stay safe because I was an abject failure at that, but whatever. Bye. See ya. Now it's time for me to play you a new song from my band, Dancing with Ghosts. If you like the song, check us out on Spotify and like us on Facebook. Thank you very much. When can I see you? I can show you a really good time. When are you free again? Tell me why do you never reply? No, you can't be reasoned with. Too many questions can't take a hint. No, I don't wanna write you back. Stop staring at me like that. I wanna touch you. Am I making it?
perfectly clear Don't you dare deny me I just want you to leave me See